Craig, is that you? I can see you. I can see you. Across the table. You're across the table from me. Hey, high five. All right. Almost six feet. Close enough. Yeah, we're close enough. I don't know. How (laughs) wide's your uh, dining room table? I don't know. Not six feet. It's probably not six feet. It's probably more like three. (laughs) Yeah, 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 maybe. (laughs) Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. Uh, We're also not wearing masks. Don't tell anybody that either. (laughs) We are drinking beer, though, so... (laughs) And podcasting. It'd be tough to drink beer and podcast with a mask on. <laughs> well, welcome to Podcast versus Everyone, in-person edition mm-hmm. for only, I don't know, like the fourth time or yeah. so. Um, I am your host, Craig Powers, and with me is Jeff Newser, as always. Jeff, how was the drive over? It's pretty good. Uh, it was. I got to admit, it was nice to, nice to get out of the house and, and drive somewhere and you know, I've been, we started school last Thursday and uh, we're supposed to resume school on Tuesday, but uh, fires, <laughs> fires. In, the, in the Puyallup, Sumner, Bonnie Lake area conspired. Apparently everybody's out of power, so they canceled school. That was, that was a first for me. I've had a lot, I've had school canceled for a number of reasons over the years. Uh, a power outage caused by, by uh, wildfires in Western Washington is a yeah, new one that is that is new that i is definitely different. have never had the third day of school canceled before yeah it's been a pretty uh pretty scary time I, obviously our one of our uh our co-authors at uh kook center brian floyd has had to flee his home yeah um, yeah which is uh very scary so um be safe if you're out there you're you're dealing with fires uh that's it sucks it's a scary time um, we, d- I just have to deal with smoke, but I know it's a lot worse for some other people. Yeah. Smoke, you know, in the grand scheme of things, a little bit of smoke ain't the, ain't the worst thing in the world for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, one of the, the not so good things in the world, uh, this week is we, uh, we lost our, uh, voice of the Cougs, yeah. uh, Bob Robertson. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's a bummer. Um, obviously uh, he's, you know, he lived a long life, uh, 92, I think, but, uh, um, obviously over half of that or roughly half of that as, a as a over half, over yeah. half as the Cougars, <laughs> uh, football announcer. So, uh, pretty cool. Um, pretty cool, uh, voice for the Cougs. Um, Jeff, um, I know that you wrote a little bit about it on Coug Center, but what, do you have any th- thoughts and memories of Bob Robertson? Yeah, you know, it's funny when I was getting ready to sit down and write that, I um like I felt really inadequate Absolutely, to write yeah. that. Like and and it's kind of crazy because I've been a Coug for uh, I don't know, 20 20 years now, 21 years. No, yeah. more than that because I graduated 90, so like 25, like 25 years. Yeah. Um and so that's a long time and Bob Rob was, you know, the voice of the Cougs for, you know, the majority Most of, that. of that. Yeah. yeah. And so um you know, you, you would think that I would have a lot of very profound things to say. And it just, I don't know, man, when, when someone like that predates, like, like he predated me by so many decades that, um, I just sort of felt like, eh, gosh, you know, I I feel, I, I don't know. I just feel like somebody, people who had, um, you know, a longer experience with him. And there were a few of those that dropped into our comments, uh, on Coog Center, you know, where I was like, I, I, that's kind of what I was hoping for yeah. because, you know, I mean, my experience with him, and, and it's kind of funny, like my, my closest interaction with him is what I wrote about on the site, which is I was a senior in high school, wasn't a Coug yet. 
um, got taken up to the booth by my journalism teacher, Vince DeMiro, who had been his uh, producer engineer for a number of years on the radio broadcast. Um, and, you know, it was a very, you know, pleasant, cordial meeting. I, I didn't know who the guy was at all. I'd never heard of him, you know? Right. And, uh, and I, you know, this is, you know, and I remember Vince was like, this is Bob Robertson. Yeah. And I'm like, cool, cool. you know, cause Who's I'm 17 that? and I'm an idiot. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and he of course was, was, you know, wonderful and, and very, you know, cordial and, right. and patient. Now he was doing the pregame show. So it was, it was brief. But uh, yeah, and Vince is like, check it out. He, he totals the yards on an abacus, and I'm like, that's, okay, that's kind of cool. That's like, cool, yeah. I was like, I was like, I remember I got taught to use an abacus, like, I don't know, sixth grade or something like that. I never got taught to use. An yeah, abacus. <laughs> we we used it. We used it for like three days in math, and it was like, check it out. It's an abacus. Um, yeah. So like that. That was it. And then you know, it was funny. I spent um, so much time in the press box as as a student, and then you know, at times e- even as an alum. And, you know, we just didn't cross paths all that much. You know, I'd walk by the booth. I'd see him in there, you know, yeah. him and Walden doing their thing. And um, anybody who was up in the old, you know, the old Martin Stadium press box, which was basically a, a, a giant, you know, trailer sitting yeah. on some stilts. Yeah. Um, one of the charms of it was, you know, when the food was being served during halftime, it would uh, everybody was in line. So for me, like I'm, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm grabbing as much food as I can because I'm a student and I'm poor and, you know, I'm like, I'm going to eat as much free food as possible. Um, you know, and you'd stand in that line and you might be standing next to, you know, Keith Jackson because he was calling the game that day, or you might be standing next to Sam Smith, the university president, or you might be standing next to Bob Robertson. So, you know, there were some times where, you know, we kind of passed each other out there, but, um, yeah, the, you know, the thing I remember the most about him as as a broadcaster was, um, you know, he's just so good at painting a picture, um, really excellent descriptions, which, uh, if you listen to football broadcasters, not all of them are good at that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, uh, we have a football broadcaster that, that broadcasts for our professional football team in Seattle, who is, uh, not, not so great at, at painting a picture. Right. So, um, you know, you really kind of, uh, the thing I think that's a commenter talked about was that he, he was so good at like writing that line between being a Homer and just sort of describing the action. And it, it's funny. He, in one of the stories I read about him, one of the obituaries talked about how he fit, he was the runner up to Dave Niehaus for the Mariners job, which, um, I don't think I knew, or at least didn't remember. Um, but it kind of doesn't surprise me because those two guys were really kind of in the same vein. Like Absolutely, they, yeah. um, would, you know, were great at painting a picture were clearly homers, but they were not homers. Um, which is, you know, I think most people, if you've listened to broadcast, I think you kind of know what I'm trying to get at. They, well, they, they could, what Bob Robb could do and what, uh, uh, Niehaus could do is when things weren't going well, they, they could kind of pull themselves back from that, like. They, they, they like Bob Rob was able to kind of capture how you were feeling right following the game. Right. Like, so if there was a big play at the Cougs, you know, you, you, he did a really good job raising his voice and doing whatever he needs to do. He had great turns of phrase. Like they're not, they're, they're going to fly home without an airplane, um, which we traced back to the Alamo bowl in 94. Yep. We did a little research and yep. try to figure out where that was from. Yep. And, um, but, uh, uh, so yeah, he had he, great stuff and, and, yeah, for me, it's it was just, yeah, it just, it, I I've been a cook since two thousand three, so those first like eight years or so, there was a lot of uh, uh, games that weren't on TV. Um, so we listened to Bob Rob. I remember specifically, um, I was at a wedding 
um, the day of the uh, the 2003 Oregon game, and we by the time we got in the car and turned the radio on, it was like you know 35 to you know it's like right. they were they were up by like four touchdowns right. and it was like the second quarter. <laughs> like we're, uh-huh. like, we're like what the what the hell's and and like like you immediately turn on Bob Rob and he's just you're in it and you know how this feel like you haven't been experiencing it but you know how people are feeling because he just has the perfect level of excitement for and and disbelief uh yep. for that moment because that was just an unbelievable moment obviously uh anyway I hate to use that term but it was like you would have not thought that wc was going to go in and paste the the ranked sports illustrated ducks like that right um but uh but it was such a such a fun game and and i only got to listen to it mostly on the radio um in the car and it was just like but it was it's kind of a nice memory to know that to to have that and i know that a lot of people talk about they would turn um the tv off and turn the the volume off on the tv turn the radio on i, I was never very good at that because i get i get bothered by the timing differences yeah but, yeah. but um but yeah, that, which obviously that that speaks pretty highly uh, of of what people thought of him. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, just some of the the things that people talked about. Um, uh, talking about two thousand eight and nine. Um, <laughs> you know he he uh, talking about he said Tyree Tumor Bland or Stripling made the tackle, but his word this is from Riverhawk thirty eight. But his words were the ball carrier finished the play like a pickup truck hitting a motorcycle and sliding to a stop other than actually actually being tackled. Painful to hear, but hilarious. <laughs> so, yeah, like exactly what we're talking about. He's good at capturing the moment and capturing the feeling that you are feeling. Um, because, yeah, he was a homer, but he, he wasn't just a pure homer. He wasn't just, you know, Pravda. Like uh, he could still, you know, capture exactly what you want. And, uh, yeah, there's some other good stuff. I, I don't know if uh, – so – uh, we have, uh, Jessica Ann Roberts who, uh, used to write for us, um, uh, said she, uh, er, she was able to, um, uh, interview him, um, with Justin McIntyre. Um, and so that was a big highlight. Um, it's season, everyone that had interactions with him just says the nicest, nicest human being. Yep. Um, he's yep. obviously, I, I live in Tacoma and, uh, he's big here because the, uh, the broadcast booth at Cheney stadium is named yep. after him. Cause he was broadcast for the, the Rainiers at uh, one time. Um, and so I've even, he even was around in the last couple of years. I know people that have only worked for the Rainiers for a couple of years and got to uh, know him, um, yep. because he's just, uh, he was just such a, um, a great personality. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's the same thing with me in terms of listening to the broadcasts when they weren't on TV. Right. So the 1997 Rose Bowl year, I mean, I don't, I don't remember exactly how many it was. I actually ended up, I was able to attend most of the games one way or another, but, um, but there were a few that I didn't. And yeah, you know, so, you know, as a, as a sports reporter for the daily evergreen, you know, we're, we still got to write a story, even if we're not at the game, even if it's not on TV. So, you know, I'd sit by the radio and take notes and, and listen to the post-game interviews and take quotes out of the post-game interviews, you know? Um, yeah, he just, uh, you know, the, I can still hear, you know, touchdown Washington state, you know, in my head. Yeah. And, um, you know, it just was, it, it just was great to have a guy like that, um, around for so long and, and the amount of institutional knowledge, I think is the other thing, like he would, you know, during a broadcast, you know, he'd pull out some, you know, memory from you yeah. know 30 years ago. Oh yeah. That's like, you know, this game 30 years ago. And I'm like, bro, I don't even remember 
uh, and I'm, you know, I'm 43 and I don't remember games from three years ago. Yeah. You know, I, and so um, for to lose someone like that really, really, really sucks. And, um, you know, I think, you know, a testament to the person he was too. I think Matt Chazanow talked about this, you know, when, when Chazanow was brought in, uh, you know, it was pretty well known that, that Robertson was not like all for this move, right? right. Like, like he wanted to continue to, to be the lead, uh, the lead guy. And, um, but he handled it, you know, like you would expect him to handle it. And, um, you know, he was a champ and, and super gracious and definitely didn't, you know, take out whatever resentment he had for Bill Moose on, um, on Chazanow, you know? And so it, I think Chazanow appreciates that. And, and he's talked about that. Um, and you know, and we're fortunate too. I mean, I really, I think Matt Chazanow is great. You know, we've, uh, we've kind of gone from one to the next and I've kind of been waiting. This is going to sound weird, but I've kind of been waiting for Chazanow to leave. Cause I'm like, yeah. he's really, really good. And he's not from around, he's not from the Northwest. Like, yeah. Um, you know, he's, he's basically relocated to, to Pullman. I think he, I think he was an East coast guy. Yeah. He um, went, I think he went to Syracuse. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, here, he, you know, here we are five years later and, and he's still around and doing a good job. So hopefully, you know, I, I don't know that anybody thinks they get into the game to, to be a broadcaster for the same team for 50 years. Um, but you know, here's to hoping, uh, you know, that torch gets carried on, uh, you know, by Chaz and Al for, for, for at least a little while. It's, it's nice having, um, you know, a voice that you associate with a franchise. And we've had a lot of those in Seattle, right? I mean, between Niehaus and Calabro and, you know, for Husky fans, Bob Rondo, um, you know, it's, it's nice when you have that voice uh, that, that you can, that you can associate with it. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to correct myself. He's, he was 91. Um, I said 92 earlier. Um, that's what you get for just talking off the couch. So close. But, so close. Um, but yeah. So um, I, I see Hollywood, Hollywood Cougs wall of text here. Um, it's uh, I, I would say go to Coug Center if you want to see the whole thing. Uh, but basically, they they like to bring uh, boom boxes to the student section and yeah. blare uh, <laughs> Bob Roberts's call, like which is along uh, with a cooler of uh, alcohol. Yeah. So yeah, uh, times were different. Um, if I <laughs> recall, he was Hollywood was in school during the Mount St. Helens eruption. So. Yeah, that was you know 1980. So that predates you and I. By, yeah, by a bit. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> well, yeah. So, um, uh. yeah. If you guys have any you know stories to share about Bob Rob, we, we got a post on Coop yeah. Center. Yeah, um, please do. Feel free to drop drop in. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I wish that I had more experiences with him to share, but I, I don't. And, uh, uh, so I don't want to. I don't want to try to pretend that I do. Yeah. You know, he d- probably the last straw was that there were no uh, Cougar football games to look forward to this fall. That'd be my guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's that's a that's a bummer. Obviously, um, this weekend would be the home opener uh, for the Cougs. We uh, would have been playing U- uh, Houston. Sorry. Um, yeah, in, we would have been game world. number two. Yeah, it would have been game number two. Uh, probably going for two and zero oh, because Utah State is not very good. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it's a whole different world, you know, that I, I think of all, all the home openers that have dealing with smoke and it would have been <laughs> similar to that. Right. Um, that's not a unique thing and, and being really that's hot. pretty much and, an annual deal at this point, unfortunately. Yeah. But I think it's finally, it's fu- when they were, when college football was actually being played last Saturday, it was finally hitting me, um, that yeah. I wasn't going to be going to Pullman for, uh, football games. Uh, if you haven't heard of it, Wright Thompson has a great, um, kind of video, uh, story, um, 
Wright, Wright Thompson, ESPN, they produced because he's a, uh, I want to say Ole Miss fan. Yeah, Ole Miss. Um, and, and so he did basically just, it, Wright Thompson's a phenomenal writer. If you don't know who he is, he should probably just read anything that he's anything ever written. Anything you can find. Yeah. Um, Literally anything. So he wrote an essay and then they had him read it and then they had footage of him at an Ole Miss game and all this stuff. And um, it was really good. And that really kind of, when it kind of hit me, like, oh man, this is going to suck. Like, and I, I, I think like, this is a bit personal, but my mom just got diagnosed with cancer Sorry, and uh, Ooh. um, her treatment doesn't start for like three weeks, and it would have been really nice to take her to Pullman. Um, <coughs> sorry, I practiced this before, but uh, um, it would have been nice to take her to Pullman, and uh, <laughs> um, it would have been nice to take her to Pullman and and have that weekend. She hasn't been to Pullman since I was in school because, you know, she lived in California. Um, and it would have been fun to, like, have that fun time before all the shit that she's going to have to deal with uh, coming up. And uh, that that really hit me, obviously, as you can hear it. Um, that that was that was a real bummer. Um, and just on, on top of that, you know, I think my sister's birthday party, we, we would have had in Pullman the next weekend after that. You know, I'd have been taking my dad to a couple games. I would have been uh, taking B to a, a game or two. I've been taking, you know, all all these people that I love taking and experiencing Pullman with, um, uh, you know, hanging out with BA and, and hanging out with Kyle Sherwood and, and all the other people that we see. Um, it's, it's a serious bummer um, to not have that. Um, it's just a huge community thing for me. And obviously it, it combining it with some other things, it, it's, it's pretty difficult. Um, but I was sorry, I wasn't meant to do that. Um, uh, but, um, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it's so it, obviously we were going to have the games this weekend. We don't, we're not having them. Um, it, it's a, it's a challenge. And for me, Jeff, it's, we have obviously have, as we're recording this, there's NFL games going on. Um, I really wasn't getting into the college football games or that weekend. Uh, for me, it's like uh, of all the sports coming back, the hardest for me to get into is, has been football. Yeah. I think for me, um, so I think there's two things. One is, you know, the, the, the thing that we actually really look forward to is, is the Cougs, right? I mean, that's the, that, that's the thing that, yep. you know, everything else is just sort of a, um, like it's like, it's an extension of our love for Cougar football. Right. So it's like, you know, if we're, I mean, I know you and I both, you know, plan our weekends around Cougar football, I mean, right. you travel, I don't get to travel to very many games, but I know that like on the calendar, it's, you know, the Cougs play at whatever time. And, um, and it's just like, I mean, everybody in my family knows you're either watching the game with me or you are, <laughs> or you're staying out of the basement yeah. while I watch the game. You know I mean? Yeah. It's, that's like a non-negotiable, um, cause pretty much everything else is negotiable except for that. And so, um, you know, without that, it's, it's hard to get all that excited. I think part of it too, is I just sort of, uh, like I, I just sort of figured that, um, you know, like for example, the NFL, I, I, I like, I wasn't, I figured they wouldn't even make it to this point, you know, yeah, right. especially after seeing what baseball went through. Yeah. Um, yeah, you I'm know, surprised I, baseball is still going. I did not. Yeah. Like, honestly, I kind of expected that, uh, that, that, you know, football would go the way of baseball and that, 
um, you know, something would break out and all of a sudden the team wouldn't be able to play. I mean, even, you know, MLS kind of had to deal with that to some degree. Yeah. Um, you know, a couple teams had breakouts before they went to their bubble. But, I, you know, I think I think part of it is, you know, well, we don't really need to talk to the NFL. But, you know, anyway, they made it. Um, so, you know, now I'm like, oh, OK, you know, now it's here. And I guess I'll I guess I'll get excited about the Seahawks on, on Sunday. Um, but it just it just doesn't feel the same, which, you know, kind of makes me think maybe maybe I'm not as into football as I thought I was. Yeah, right. Like like I think that might also be part of it, too. Like like maybe I'm just not into football. I mean, I know like last Saturday I spent the day watching soccer mostly. Yeah, same. Like I, and part of it was the games were terrible and the teams were terrible. But yeah. it's like. You know, I just was like, yeah, I'd rather watch, you know, random MLS game at this point than, you know, random college football game, which is a little weird. It'll probably be different when it's, you know, an ACC game or an SEC game or a Big 12 game. Um, I'm sure that'll be different, but... Um, but it's still not appointment viewing for me. And, and, you know, and maybe part of it is too, somebody else mentioned this on a podcast I was listening to, and, and, and I don't know how you feel about this, but you know, our seasons are all effed up. Like, yeah. like it's like, we're still, we're not even like to the conference finals of the NBA playoffs. Yeah. Like, and it's, it's, it would be, NBA it's fucking September, dude. Yeah. Like it's, it's the middle of September and the NBA is still it's not so even weird. to their conference finals. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's just on some level it's messing with our heads. Yeah, that's and hey, the NBA has been fun. The the, the bubble has been a blast, and it'd be great if uh, it'd be great if we had that sort of uh, thing, you know, in football. Maybe it'd be more intriguing if it was, you know, they did some sort of different. But basically, football is kind of the same as it's same as it's going to be for, for the NFL, and then college football is just kind of weird because. Um, you have teams with weird schedules, uh, especially the small teams are playing each other twice, right. multiple times, like, you know, just trying to play games, just trying to play games. Yep. Um, you know, the, the hope is that, you know, it's, you know, COVID doesn't you know take hold, but, um, but yeah, I mean, obviously that the, we're seeing sports with people in the stands, like the, the Dallas soccer team, FC Dallas, <laughs> they, that yeah. was, that's just uh, crazy to me, but, um, considering you know we we, you know over here in the pac 12 are not even bothering to play the game so um it you get you know i i still think you know i think the pac 12 did a good job laying out their um their reasoning for uh for shutting down you still kind of in the the back of your mind you're like everyone everyone else is doing it can't we do it too you know (laughs) like it well they're gonna look awful silly if if the SEC, the ACC, and the Big Twelve get through their seasons without very much difficulty, like yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, yeah. It's I, I think the other part is too. It's uh, you know the stuff that we really look forward to with the season. I mean, it's there's so much else. You mentioned this with Wright Thompson. I mean, this, that was sort of the gist of his piece was that um, you know college football isn't just about the games. Yeah, um, and that's hard that's hard to communicate to a non-college football fan. Yeah. Um, you know, there are very few other sports where, where it's sort of the same kind of deal. Um, I would argue that, you know, probably MLS with some franchise, the same, you know, Seattle Sounders fan, it's the same guy. There's a lot of community built into it. You got supporters groups, you know, things like that. Um, you know, so there's probably some, you know, a handful of MLS teams that are, that are in a similar situation. Um, but you know, I mean, you, you talk to random Seahawks fan, it's like, uh, you know, it's for them, it's mostly built around, you know, tuning in uh, at one o'clock on a Sunday. Yeah. Um, 
you know, it's not necessarily built around, you know, gathering with friends and, and sharing long-term memories. And, you know, it's like with this, you know, like I, I mentioned, I don't get to travel to games a whole lot, but, um, you know, I, I do get that sense of community and camaraderie with, um, you and the other authors at Kook Center, like our Slack channel is, you know, super fun yep. during games yep. and during the season. And we just, we talk Cougs and we share memories, not just of, you know, the games that are going, but you know, our times in school and we're all, you know, different ages. There's a few guys that are my age and a few guys that are your age. And we've yeah. got a, a few that are younger. And, yeah. um, you know, so we've got these different sort of generations of Cougs and, and, you know, we all sort of get to share, but we all have this thing in common, right? We all spent, you know, multiple formative years, um, in Pullman. So, uh, you know, losing out on that, I think has been the part that's been, you know, the, the bummer. And like I said, Wright Thompson talked about that, but it's, but it's kind of hitting me a yeah. little bit that, you know, I'm not, I'm not getting that, you know, with my buddies and, you know, our Slack channels are, you know, our discussions at this, you know, they're, they're pretty brief these days yeah. and they're, they're not a yeah. lot of real long days, you know, talking about, you know, what the heck's wrong with the defense or whatever. So yeah, yeah it's, it's, uh, it's definitely hampering my just sort of all around. It's definitely hampering my ability to, um, you know, to really get into any other football that's going on for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, I think maybe we can, uh, take a quick break and then let's get into, uh, what uh, Mr. Skip Bayless, uh, loudmouth, uh, famous loudmouth, said today. And yeah, we're back. All right. Well, um, let's let's first before we get into the other thing I said, let's let's get into uh, this beer because we're actually drinking the same beer. Yeah, we're we in are. The same place because we're in the same place. And beer. Th- this this beer is. Have some this special beer's special for you, Jeff. Special, Craig. Let's let's hear about <laughs> it. All right. So this beer, uh, I bought this beer. Well, why don't you tell them what the beer is? Okay. First. So the beer is uh, it's uh, Iridium Flare BA Honey Strong Ale from Bottle Logic Brewing in Anaheim, California. So um, I bought this beer when I was in Anaheim on a vacation to Disneyland. Oddly enough, right? Um, and so. I bought it. Now, this is the 2017 release. Now, it's not weird that I'm drinking a 2017 beer because goodness knows when I hang out with you, you will pull out 2017, 2016, 2015 beers. <laughs> and so it's not like I've never had a 2017, you know, a three-year-old beer, right? right? However, I have never had a three-year-old beer that lived in my house <laughs> for three years <laughs> because I... I'm not that patient. And so this beer, and basically what happened was, um, so I bought it down there and I'm like, it's, you know, it's a, it's a pint bottle. Well, let's so do you remember the story of when you bought it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. So this was this three years ago, right? Yeah. Um, my, my beer spending habits were, let's just say they were not as liberal as they are right now. Um, <laughs> You know, where, you know, I would I would have not thought uh, much about spending that much on a bottle of beer, a really good bottle of beer. Right. OK, so number one, 
about this beer in Anaheim. Number two, I bought it. Do you remember this? I bought it at the magical convenience store yeah. across the street <laughs> from the hotel where we were staying that had like, so apparently it's not weird for like convenience stores to carry actually pretty decent craft brew. And so I went across the street and I saw they had a whole bunch of bottle logic beers and I had already been, um, I'd already been at the brewery and had, um, had some, had some beers and, um, had their whatever I forget the name of it, but I think we're gonna have this later. Their their barrel aged vanilla stout. Uh oh, <laughs> down down goes B's uh, B's tray. Luckily, her, B was high chair. B was not in the high chair. Goodness, right? thank goodness, B was not in the high chair. Um, so anyway, so I'd already been there and had some, and I hadn't bought a bottle, and then um, I went across the street to buy some beer, and I saw they had all these, and I went, oh yeah man, I should, you know what? I'm going to buy one and take one home. And I called Craig and I'm like, I'm like, Hey, you want one? I took a picture and he's like, where is this at? And I'm like at the convenience store across the street. I don't know. And he's like, yeah, I'll take one of whatever it was. And, uh, and so like, okay. So I take him up to the cash register and then I don't even remember how much it was. I just remember it was like the first time I've ever spent like, was it like 30 bucks or something? It's like a $30 bottle of beer. And I was like, and you had two of them. And I had two of them. <laughs> like I put two of them on the counter and the guy goes, that'll be 60 whatever dollars. And I'm like, Sarah yes, was... of course. Of course it'll be 60 whatever dollars. Here's my card. You Sarah know? was in the car, luckily. <laughs> Actually, I, I walked across. I was able to walk there. Okay, so. Yeah, yeah. So that was good. But I just went, well, it's vacation. I'm fine. So, But I, I can honestly say I have not spent $30 on a bottle of beer since. Yeah, I remember you messaged me like, oh my God. And I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot <laughs> to tell you. Those beers are not cheap. I forgot to tell you about that. So yeah, so so I took it back across the street and, and took it back home. And then, um, you know, it's like a 14% beer. And I was like, you know, I had this thing in my head. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to share it with Craig someday. And we just have not gotten together all that many times. And most of the time when we do, we end up drinking your beer. So I'm just yeah. like, okay. Um, so I've been holding on to it, holding on to it, holding on to it. So tonight, finally, finally tonight, I brought this, can I say, weird ass beer <laughs> this is a weird ass beer all right over here because i i don't have a better way to describe it other than other than a, a weird ass beer man this thing this is a strange beer so so uh this is a collaboration with superstition meadery and meter mead is a, a big ass honey wine uh as and superstition is one of the uh, like the most pe- popular famous ones in the country right now they make some really uh thick um fruity ones they make they have a series called berry white where they have different berries and i've had this beer is made with marion berries and i've had the marion berry berry white and it is very similar to that um, i wouldn't be surprised if this is just a blend so like just a blend of that beer or maybe it was aged in the barrel from the mead. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, it's very berry and very honey. It's like brewed I can with taste honey and marion berries. I wouldn't be surprised if it was just straight up blended with the mead because it tastes yeah. a lot like the mead. Like yeah. it just tastes a lot like mead. Which if I've never had. With, I've never had mead. So. so this tastes a lot like superstition mead. Um, very sweet and thick. Um, that That's kind of the popular, the way meads are very popular right now. These thick, fruity meads where they put... An, yeah, it's this is nuts. Like, uh, this actually tastes more like a mead than a beer to me. Okay. Um, I like if I just you close close my eyes and you handed it to me, I would probably think it was a mead. Um, it's it's actually so the name for a honey, 
a, a, a honey, a beer that's kind of mead uh, beer hybrid is called a Braggot, um, which is a funny name. Uh, but yeah, this is, uh, the, they say it's a, here, let's see, our mead-inspired combo breaker, because they're like a nerd brewery combo breaker, is a concentrated punch of sweetness drawn out across a thick, viscous body. I very would much describe it as a viscous body. Arizona wildflower honey succumbs to the tart brightness of marionberries with brulee sugar barrel finish. Brulee sugar barrel. Okay. End transmission. That's uh, so they, their suggested pairings are Marin Scloss. I don't know what kind of food <laughs> that is. Lamb ragu, ragout. Lamb ragu, and creme brulee. All right, creme. I could see this with creme brulee for sure. <laughs> it it you know, might make the creme brulee taste less yeah. sweet, like it would overpower yeah. it. Well, and you look. You um, obviously you know a lot more than I do about what aging does to a beer. So. Is it is it possible that like some of these flavors were maybe a little more mellow when they were fresh and they've drawn out more? But flavors tend to more mellow over time. No, yeah, I bet this was even more intense with the berry flavor when that you first would be got insane. it. Yeah, it's probably because it's definitely still very berry. I, I think it's probably good that you sat on it. It probably would have been ridiculous. And uh, Bottle Logic is kind of pot famous for kind of over the top uh, flavors. Like they have a raspberry stout that's like straight up raspberry jam the radar um it and that their vanilla stout which we're going to drink later is uh very 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 vanilla um that's kind of their hallmark um but they also the cool thing about biologic they're kind of like the fremont of southern california where they make a lot of grocery store beers and then they have like an incredible barrel age program and they make so much of it that you can find a lot of their barrel age beers just everywhere yeah their grocery store beer i don't remember what the name of the ipa was but i know they served it in california adventure and mm-hmm. so i was talking to the talking to the guy at the bar and uh he was talking about how um basically the money they were making off of selling all of that beer at disneyland was was sort of uh, subsidizing is not really the right word but but enabled them to be profitable enough to do some of this more of this yeah. other adventurous stuff um, because they were just, you know, when they signed that contract with Disney to provide all that beer, it was like, that's a lot of beer. That's a lot of beer, man. And, and there ain't nothing like parents who are walking around California adventure all day with their kids going, Oh, I can get a beer. I don't even care how much that beer costs. Yeah. $10 at the $10 beer. I'll take the $10 beer. It's not, you know, it's like worse than being at a Seahawks game. Don't even care. I've been with my kids all day. Yeah. Give me that beer. So, so yeah, if you're yeah. down in. If you're down in Anaheim, whenever yes. the world goes back to normal yes. and you're going to Disneyland, yes. just uh, not far away. No, it's not. It's just um, a couple miles. Just a couple miles away, Bottle yep. Logic. Yeah, I recommend. was very glad I went. Um, yeah, and this is, like I said, it's weird, but um, see, like the funny thing, so you said, you know, it tastes like mead. Like to me, it basically tastes like a barley wine that's got honey and marionberry flavor. Yeah, to it, it definitely so. it definitely got some barley wine. Like they call it a strong ale, but it's definitely got some barley wine aspects, but they're 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 kind of masked by the marionberry and the honey <laughs> quite a bit. It is. It definitely I have I have some like is. I had some like kind of goo. Oh yeah, there's sediment for yeah. sure. Yep. I I've, I've I seen got it some worse. right on the bottom. Like there. some some like barely shots you just get like yeah. a thick uh <laughs> jelly sort of stuff. It's kind of gross. Yeah. Um, but I got to say, I'm, I'm, you know, it's cool to finally break into it. Yeah, like, it's something different. Like I felt good. 
Braggit. Get get your yeah. braggits. Yeah. That's probably the only time I'll ever do that. Yeah. <laughs> I just do not. You're have. not going to find many If I braggots. spend the money on the beer, I want to drink the beer. Yeah, right. So. Well, anyway. thanks for saving it. Yeah. I'm glad I got to try it. A special it. moment. Yeah. A little special. We had the other one you bought like moment. really quickly. Yeah, we like, did. It was pretty quick. We tore after I, I think I came over to watch the Sounders. Game, yeah. Which you're going to be doing, doing later. So, um, But yeah, so uh, let's move on to less happy times. Yeah. So I, I, I saw this today and we just had to talk about it. So Jeff, you haven't heard it yet. No. So, so this is the first time I'm hearing it. So, so you're going to get my unfiltered reaction. So I'm going to have you do your comments first. Um, this I'm not even going to preface it. This is what uh, Skip Bayless uh, said on his show Undisputed today uh, regarding uh, Dak Prescott um, talking about his... Do, do they have the audio of Prescott on there? No. Okay, so should we give a little background Yeah, we'll give a little part? background. Okay, so Dak Prescott basically came out, um, discussed how during the pandemic he was feeling depressed and he was having a hard time uh, working out. Um, uh, obviously, Dak Prescott is the uh, starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Skip it got his start, I believe, as a Dallas Morning News uh, writer, I want to say. Or that's where he made yeah, his name. That might be it. I, I honestly don't remember. I know he's got a Dallas connection. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember exactly where, where he was beforehand, which I guess should tell you something about how long he's been saying ridiculous things on the television, but. but this is, he says a lot of dumb stuff, obviously is LeBron stuff and all that stuff. But like this, this is something that's actually infuriating and completely off base. So let me, let me play it for you. I'm going to ask our audience to feel free to go ahead and condemn me. If you choose as cold blooded and insensitive on this issue, I have deep compassion for clinical depression, mm -hmm. but when it comes to the quarterback of an NFL team, you know this as well as I, better than I do. It's the ultimate leadership position in sports. Am I right about that? Mm -hmm. You are commanding an entire franchise. What's the roster now? Is it 53 still? 53, but yeah. I think they got like 15 practice squad guys. Okay. But, but you're commanding a uh -huh. lot of young men uh -huh. and some older men. And they're all looking to you to be their CEO, to be in charge of the football team. Because of all that, I don't have sympathy for him going public with, I got depressed. I suffered depression early in COVID to the point that I couldn't even go work out. Look, he's the quarterback of America's team. Yeah, uh, that's pretty shitty. Yeah. Um. <laughs> My gosh. Yeah, like, he knew what was... <laughs> Number one, I think most of what Bayless says, he knows where it's going to end up. He's not an idiot. Uh, he didn't become a multi, multi, multi-millionaire by being a fool, um, despite the fact that he plays one on TV, right? So right at the very beginning, he says, oh, you know, a lot of, a lot of people, people are going to condemn me for this, but, right? So he knew what the reaction was going to be. Um, I mean, this is obviously a topic that's near and dear to us, you know, on, on a number yep. of levels. Um, you know, the obvious one, right, is that, you know, the mental health of one of our quarterbacks at Washington State was such that um, he, you know, ended his own life. Right. Um, and so the, the idea that somehow anybody, anybody is or should be above um, mental health challenges is insane. 
I mean, but but you know, Skip Bayless is also the same person who says things like, you know, if you're if you're injured, that shows weakness. I mean, it's just it, it's this it's this faux sort of macho projection that he does, right? I mean, I mean, <laughs> Skip Bayless is not an athlete, you know. Skip Bayless, Skip Bayless is nothing. He's a he's a yard barker, and um, you know, the the projecting that he does onto other people. Um, is just is is really sad, and and that was uh, that was a pretty pretty fucked up take. Yeah, um, I was really fucking pissed earlier uh, when I shared that with with you guys on Slack, and obviously you didn't have time between then to listen to it, so I'm kind of glad get your kind of raw response because I was pretty similar uh, to mine. You know, I immediately thought of Tyler, um, how if th- that's exactly the type of thinking in sports that led Tyler that when you hear no one knew what was right. going on with him, not even his parents. And I, I'm going to flip it and say what Dax Prescott did is a sign of a good leader. A good leader needs to show some vulnerability because he needs to let his charges know that they can be vulnerable too. And so if, if Dak, who's one of the most famous NFL players, probably one of the top 10 most famous NFL players, is able to admit something like that, there's a whole lot of people that'll feel better about maybe talking about their own mental health yep. struggles. And, you know, I have I have been through some of this um, before, and it was really hard to get over that stigma of saying, hey, uh, I have something going on, and I need to get it treated, or I need to deal with it. I need some help. And, and I think, obviously... Uh, with Prescott, it wasn't just, it wasn't just COVID. It was his brother's death and, and there was a lot going on. And I, and I think it, it shows courage and it, and, 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 and it's really re- truly responsible to share something like that when you are of that, like of that, uh, status, um, to be able to show your vulnerability, uh, to, to be able to expose challenges you've going through. Cause there's, I mean, you're talking a lot of people that go through things like this, probably more than half the people that you come across. So like, this is just a, it it was a, it was, it was a positive thing that Dak did and Skip Bayless is totally fucking off his mark um, with this take. And he knew it. He obviously knew it. That's what's stupid. That's what's stupid about all of this. He knew what he said and was dumb. And cause he, the way he prefaced it, like you said, Jeff, and, and it's just, it's an, it's, completely ridiculous to put out there but it also shows that there are a lot of people that think that way and this is the exact type of thinking that the Helinskis with Helinski hope are trying to battle they're trying yeah. to get rid of um the stigma that they're trying to get like, get rid of where it's okay to talk about when things are going wrong with you mentally yeah because um, if Dak Prescott uh, broke his arm we'd all know about it yeah but he's got a and you know something going on with his brain apparently we're not allowed to say it um so yeah like fuck off skip bayless fuck off into the sun uh, honestly this is something i've seen people get fired from jobs like this for less yeah and but we'll see how yeah. above you know reproach he is I yeah don't. it's I think the positive is so, so if we're going to take positives out of this, um, one is yes. Like, uh, Dak doing what he did is a positive, right? Yep. Uh, here's one of the quotes said before I can lead, I've got to make sure that my mind is in the right place to do that. I think that's important to be vulnerable, to be genuine and to be transparent, transparent. So 
you know, for him to say that in the first place, um, you know, is a pretty massive step forward. Um, you know, Bayless is getting pretty roundly dragged for yep. this. Um, it's not like there's all that many people, at least prominent people, um, agreeing with him, right? I mean, I'm sure there are, you know, internet trolls in Russia that, you know, are, go, you know, supporting him on it. But, um, you know, most people are, it seems, are, are condemning what he said. And so if there's anything positive coming out of that, you know, we could say, all right, you know, I mean, that, that this, this has become enough of a topic um, in our society that, you know, when someone says some of that, fa- you know, some of that faux macho bullshit that, that Bayless said, um, everybody goes, no, nah, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's not okay. Um, you know, it's just not how, it's not just how we think about those things anymore. Um, that's not, that's not how we do this. That's not what we look at. That's, it's just not okay. You know, and you know, the thing that, the thing that pisses me off the most, and, and I'm sure this is, you know, part of what you were thinking too, is like, you know, that kind of thinking gets people killed. Right. I, and I mean, and that's, that's not an exaggeration. We know that from experience. Um, you know, it leads people into, into dark places, the idea that you cannot talk about it. Um, you know, and even people who know they should be able to talk about it oftentimes still can't talk about it. Um, so I, I guess the fact that it's out there, I guess is good, you know, kudos to Dak for what he said. Um, screw you, skip Bayless. Um, but you know, for, for the rest of us, um, who realize how wrong that is, um, you know, just being able to say that that's wrong. Um, hopefully maybe encourages someone somewhere um, to be honest and transparent. It doesn't necessarily take grand gestures, but, you know, maybe a little recognition of um, what someone is going through or, or, you know, maybe someone recognize it in themselves. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Again, cheers to Dak Prescott. Uh, massive cheers to Skip Bayless. Um, go away. Um, we're tired of you. When was the last time that guy said anything like Relevant, or relevant, I mean, well, useful, relevant, productive. Useful product. Yeah, just had a good. I mean, opinion. he's made an entire career out of trashing LeBron James. Yeah, like that's basically the the stone he's been you know laying on right now, and it's. I mean, basically, what he's saying about right now, Prescott. Like Fifteen years. Yeah, I mean, right now, basically, all he's what he's saying about Prescott is what he said about LeBron James, weak leader. You know, everything's yeah. about leadership, and you know who's you know with LeBron, it was always you know he doesn't take over games at the end. He's not Michael Jordan, you know. But it's again, it's all that it's all that faux macho garbage, and you know. Yeah, it's what it is definitely this kind of macho machismo nonsense that uh, I've. You know, I'm 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 sick and tired of uh, it's it's bad for young men. It's it's bad for women. It's bad for everyone. Um, it's just it's a sickness that needs to be rooted out. Um, where there's this sort of, you know, you don't hear people say things like man code and and you know stuff like that as much anymore. And I think because we've realized it's kind of stupid, uh, but this is definitely kind of a spin off of crap like that. Um, where like, oh, you're a macho man, you can't talk about your feelings, which yeah. maybe you feel that way. But honestly, like Jeff said, not talking about your feelings m- might lead to some very <laughs> dark places. So, no kidding. Um, yeah, uh, man, some heavy stuff today. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <laughs> um, oh, we got to have some funny thing to talk about before we kick out, kick this off. So All I, right, what's what's funny? What's fun? Um yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. Uh, 
let's uh well i don't want to take a break because we're, we're pretty close yeah to this up. <laughs> um so i'm i'm we're potty training b that's yeah a, that's a again oh, i gotta I, tell you this is the third try it was definitely the highlight of my week to come over here and, and have b um so like i would imagine most of the listeners the vast majority of listeners have never met b so they don't they don't, really don't know what i'm talking about but but B is, uh, without a doubt, one of the most uh, delightful small children <laughs> I have ever been around. And that's, that's, I don't say that because Craig's sitting across from me. It's, it's legitimately true. Like B is, she's, always, she's smiling, she's laughing. She's a total ham. Like she just, she yeah. will sing, she will dance, she will act, um, she will chat you up. The funniest thing she did, and I haven't mentioned this to you yet, but this is the part, this is something that made me laugh. So we're sitting around eating dinner. And, uh, and so the three adults are talking, um, and B's just sort of eating her food. And then I don't even remember what we said, but, but we said something that made the three adults laugh. And so <laughs> B joined in because she felt like, Oh, everybody's laughing. And then she's just going, ha 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 ha. And I was just like, that is the most adorable thing I've seen at least in, in I don't know, days at least. So yeah, that, that was that, super awesome. I got to come over and hang out and see Amanda and see B and do, that's do you, definitely a happy thing. Do you want to stick around till three in the morning when she wets the bed <laughs> and wakes up screaming and we, we have her sitting on the toilet and she nope. is very mad? And nope. <laughs> no, I don't. Those days are behind me until I have grandchildren. Yes. Yeah, so. I am not dealing with that at all. But that's okay. Yeah, I, I was telling Amanda that, you know, the happiest day of my life was the last diaper I changed after three children. I don't know. I mean, I was, I was trying to think. I, I guess I must have changed diapers for about eight years, nine years straight. Yeah. Every day yeah. for eight or nine years, except for when, you know, my kids went to grandparents for a couple of days or whatever. But yeah. but yeah, that's a lot of damn diapers. And uh, so Godspeed with your potty training. And, you know, no, I will not be here at 3 a.m. to help you. Yeah, so thanks, B, for providing the lightness uh, today. Um, yeah, uh, I guess we, we talk about a little bit about Xavier Ward is uh, their quarterback. Yeah, that's another happy thing. Yeah, the quarterback commit for the 2021 class. At least until he decommits and flips to somebody else. God damn it, Jeff. <laughs> um, is basically his, his rating has been bumped. He's now the top recruit in the class. Um, as Cook Center staff reported, yeah, Cook Center staff who published that after uh, somebody's contract hours started at work. <laughs> um, not going to say who. Not going to say who. Um, but yeah, God bless the Cook Center staff. Yeah, byline. that guy really comes through. In yeah, the clutch. yeah, he's he's always he seems to only publish in the middle of the day. It's yeah, weird. it's weird. <laughs> It's very strange. He doesn't, he doesn't really participate in the slack. I don't even know yeah. where he comes from. But yeah, he's just he just swoops in and saves just the day. Breaking breaking news only. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, uh, Xavier Ward, um, he's went from a low three star and now he's a higher three star. Uh, but of course, that means that uh, bigger programs are sniffing after him. Yeah, I think that's that's always pretty inevitable. Um, you know, it's I, you know it's it's good and bad news, right? Like. Um, you know, on the one hand, it, it's good that Nick Rolovich was able to identify a guy who appears to be on the rise. Right. Um, one of the noteworthy things about him is that he was he's uh, 16 going into his senior year. Now, I don't know if he is still 16. I imagine he's not. I imagine yeah. he probably turned 17 over the summer yeah. would be my guess. But he was 16 when he committed back in June. Um, so 
you know, he's a guy who obviously you would hope at, at that age was still growing into his skill set, growing into his body. Um, and at this point, you know, three months later, hopefully he's, you know, mat- continuing to mature. Right. So at the time I thought, Hey, this is a good, good kid for them to sign. Um, you know, you've got these three quarterbacks in the program already between Cam Cooper and Gunnar Cruz and, uh, uh, D- Jaden Deloria or Delora. So you've got these three guys. Um, and then you sign a guy who, you know, might take, you know, a couple of years to really reach his full potential, but the, maybe the potential is really high. So, so that part was all good. You know, the downside is of course, you know, other people come sniffing around, but, um, you know, what, what you really hope for is that dominoes don't start falling. Right. right. You know, the, these programs that, um, so for example, two that were prominently mentioned, USC, Arizona state, um, you know, those are programs that already have quarterbacks committed. USC has got two quarterbacks two like four star quarterbacks committed. So, um, so, you know, they, they've already got commitments and, but what happens is, okay, so what if Arizona state's quarterback decommits flips? And then all of a sudden there's this domino effect, right? Where people start calling down the list. So, uh, you know, if I were to say, you know, is it likely if he ends up at WSU, I'd say it's likely. Right. Um, but you know, you never know. And typically the quarterback musical chairs happens a lot earlier than all the other musical yeah. chairs. You know, the, the top guys are generally committing, you know, April, whatever, but, but where sometimes it goes sideways is maybe a top guy. And I don't know if this is the case this year, but you know, maybe a top guy is waiting, waiting, waiting to decide. And you've got, you know, three or four major programs after, you know, you've got Ohio state and Clemson and Alabama after one guy or whatever. Um, and so then when he finally commits to Ohio state, now, you know, these other schools maybe are, they're not really scrambling, but they are now moving down their list and they're not afraid to call up a guy who's already committed to, you know, Washington state or whatever, yeah. you know, Notre Dame did that uh, a few years ago with Ian book, right? Right. Ian book was committed uh, to WSU. Notre Dame had a guy and then they didn't have a guy or they missed out on a guy or whatever it was. Um, they call up Ian book. Hey, how you want to come? You, know, you want to come play at Notre Dame? Ian books like, heck yeah, I want to come play at Notre Dame. And he left and, you know, in the end it worked out. Okay. Um, but you know, I mean, it was, I, I, I'm pretty sure after that we landed Tyler, I think, I think that's right. I could yeah. be wrong, yeah, but anyway, I think that's about right. yeah, but anyway, you know, it worked out fine. It's just, you know, these things happen. So what you hope is that, you know, the wrong team doesn't miss out on their guy. Um, you know, you think for a kid in California, you know, he's probably more likely to be on the fast dial of a West coast school. Um, and you yeah. know, frankly, those schools are already, I think pretty well said, and I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of musical chairs. Yeah. USC coast, so. already has two QB commits. Yeah. So they, they would need a couple, uh, dominoes yep. to fall to, yep. to kick that. Yeah. And, so. and, and, and Arizona is not necessarily a school or is it Arizona state? Either one is not necessarily a school that a guy is going to jump to over WSU, particularly yeah. offensively. Yeah. Yep. So I, if anything, you know, I know that it's in our, it's in our DNA to get worked up and worried and panic and think like the worst possible thing is going to happen. But, uh, but I would say that, you know, I, I, you know, I have no inside knowledge whatsoever, but, um, you know, I, I think it's probably more likely than not he ends up there. And I'd say, you know, if anything, you know, look, we were um, not real thrilled about how the recruiting class started, right? you know, with Rolovich and we were just sort of like, man, this is, yikes you know um but that's like really turned around it's really turned around um you know he's landed a bunch of guys that are in the 
um, the wheelhouse of where our recruits typically are, you know, the, the mid to yeah, mid high, yeah, the leech era, you know, I mean, look, it's, it's the mid to mid to high, you know, uh, three-star guys. Um, you know, they haven't landed a splashy guy, a four-star guy or anything like that. You know, and Leach landed a few of those, but you know, not a lot, not a lot, not a lot at all. Like, like you can count them on one hand. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's not surprising that he hasn't landed any of those guys. And, you know, I think there was, there was a thought among the optimists that when he was getting commitments from sort of some of those lower guys at the very beginning, and we were all just like, yikes, dude, this is like, this is like, like Paul Wolf type stuff. You yeah. know, we're, we're, we're beating out you know, Eastern for guys. Um, there was a thought among the optimists that, Hey, he's just getting some commitments going to kind of get the class going to get kind of jump started, get it going. And I thought, come on, like that's, uh, you know, as it, and maybe that wasn't the reason, but as it turned out, it did work out that way that, yep. you know, the lowest rated guys were the guys who committed first. And ever since it's been higher rated guys. One of the interesting things, and this is kind of a tangent, but something I noticed this morning, looking at the class, which is, you know, at this point, two thirds full, um, a lot of Texas in there, a lot of Texas in there. And it, it's interesting to me how, um, each staff kind of has their spots right. that they're able to hit. Um, and I know a lot was made of Rolovich and his emphasis on Washington and, you know, he's gonna, you know, no, he's doing the same thing they've all done. You know, like he, he tried, he tried, he gave it, he gave it an honest effort, but the results are always the same. You know, the results are always the same. You're not going to get very many guys from Washington, um, you know, right now you got Edson who's, you know, a defensive lineman. He's a low three-star guy. Okay. You know, I mean, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of where it lands, but, um, but I think there's four or five guys from Texas, which is, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, I think we sort of expected that. I think we did get some of that early on, uh, with Leach's staff early cause he brought so many guys from, uh, Texas tech with him. But, um, you know, yeah, yeah. Pretty interesting that, that that's where the class is going and, um, it's definitely spread out and not you know, honed in on one particular region. And, um, you know, it seems like they're doing a good job recruiting if you, you know, if you trust the evaluators, which, you know, they tend to be pretty accurate. Yeah. And, and there's also the caveat of they can't bring guys to Pullman. So you get kind of get, give them more credit. Um, cause it, it really is about, that's where I think you miss out on the four star guys. Yeah, you're, you're sh- yeah. Any shot you would have at those yep. guys. I think that's where you're missing it. You find that four star that actually really wants that family, vibe in that small town yeah, or at vibe. the very least intrigued right like yeah, at the idea by, of it. yeah or intrigued to be in the star too you know just the the guy you know the gay marks or whatever of the of the world and so um but yeah uh so yeah recruiting woo yeah um yeah it's nice to be back dude we haven't done this in a while we haven't recorded in a while i'm sure the people were starving for it um but yeah hopefully we'll be able to uh, record some podcasts about fake and yeah, football. Yeah, fake football. Soon. That'll be awesome. Uh, those of you who are trying to follow the streaming of the season, I'm I'm trying to put out uh, PlayStation 3s are were never made for streaming. Uh, they they there's <laughs> there's a technical issue. No, with are them. you are you saying that a device made in like 2012 was not made for streaming uh, in 2020? 2006, man. Dear God, are you serious? That's when the PlayStation 3 came out. No yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! It came out uh, the fall of my senior year. Okay, of, that's uh, crazy pants. Um, that uh, fall of the se- my senior year at WSU, I remember um, one of my uh, one of my roommates camped out in front of Shopco to get one and then sell it. So um, yeah, 
I remember when that happened. Yeah, I guess it was November 17, 2006. Uh, yeah, so that's a, so in 2006, no one was thinking about streaming video games no. on Twitch, um, which did not exist, of course. Um, so there's some uh, hardware that I need uh, that I've, I've gotten, hopefully. And so maybe this weekend, uh, if I can get Preston, our, our golden throat, on board uh, to, to call the games, um, to, to, to be the voice of the virtual digital cougars, um, uh, we'll, hopefully this weekend... Um, and then we'll have some podcast coverage. We'll have uh, recruiting coverage. Um, I've, I've got the recruiting fired up on there already. Uh-huh. Um, it's got the current roster. There's nothing like fake recruiting. Man. Uh, spoiler, Cameron Cooper is a starting quarterback. That's who was the best quarterback when I downloaded the I don't the call rosters. that a spoiler. I'll call that a teaser. Yeah. And so, uh, but I, I tell you something I did do is bump up the stats of a few guys uh, because Cam and Cooper was like a 78 in the what? starting quarterback. So that I was is like, unacceptable. hell no, no one hell wants to no. watch us. No one wants to watch us lose every goddamn game this year. So I bumped up also, the stats. Also, that's patently false. Bumped up the stats for him and Calvin Jackson, who had a really pretty low rating. I did let Tay Martin stay at Oklahoma State. He was already on there on the roster. I just want I didn't want to mess around with editing other rosters beyond WSU. Yeah. Um, beyond what have already been edited by other people by uh uh whatever's uh football op sports or something. I'm sorry. Uh sorry guys. Uh, uh wherever I got you from. Um uh uh sorry, it's I need to I need to find I give uh, operation sports. Yeah. yeah so there we go. they do it every year. Um so I got that roster from there and then just kinda bumped up the stats on a few offensive players. The defense I had to create Skylar Thomas. He wasn't in there because they took him off because he had left. And but I, I actually they had uh, Heckman on there as a fourth quarterback, so I turned him <laughs> into a a uh, free safety uh, or a strong safety. And so yeah, just because probably we, equal free because, safety rating. Yeah, because we just needed uh, we needed the depth. Um, but uh, but yeah, so that's. Uh, we'll, I mean, are we sure that Will Heckman's not going to be a? Uh, as good of a safety yeah who knows you know well it's okay i don't know skylar thomas will never hear this he already blocked me on twitter even though i never tweeted at him in history skylar thomas is the but he's the backup to philip powell who maybe none of you remember (laughs) because i i kind of forgot he exists but he's a grad transfer uh, yeah but uh uh, so um so he's the starting safety um but yeah so so yeah, we got the updated rosters. I already got the recruiting cooking after the couple weeks. Um, we're we're up until the first day, the the first game against Utah State. Um, I did make sure to get a few Washington guys in there just for you, uh, you Washington recruiting lovers. Um, uh huh. Um, but yeah, and also that's kind of one of the easiest ways to recruit on that game if anyone yeah. remembers from playing it a decade ago. Um, but uh, I, I got to say though, Craig, I'm. I'm excited for this, but I'm not sure if I'm prepared to lose an Apple Cup in 2020. Yeah, um, I may have to edit the Huskies <laughs> a little bit there, as well. There may be some creative editing <laughs> going they are, on that end. So WCU starts 23 ranked. I think the Huskies are 14. Uh, they're a little bit higher rated. Yeah. Uh, we might have to bring them down a notch at least for one week of the yeah, year. Maybe um, they're going to have some strategically placed injuries. There was definitely a part of it where I did not want this to be like a three and nine <laughs> simulation. Cause, Cause 
that wouldn't would, be very that would fun. Be fun. Like, yeah, we could maybe lose a game here or there, but like, I don't want us to suck. I mean, so. it would be weird if we went 12 and 0. Yeah. Um, like, it also would like, be horrible if we went like three and nine. So well, we just need something like between like six wins and 10 wins. That's our, that's yeah. six and nine wins is really kind of our sweet spot. I think yeah. 10 would be like, that's incredible. If we do make the college football playoff, well, I'll probably do it anyway. There, there is a way like that you can mod the game to kind of get a sort of college football playoff. Mm. So I'm going to, I'll probably do that. And so we can watch that too. So yeah, it should I'm be okay fun. Um, but yeah. Uh, anyway, so I guess that's all we got. I want to go watch the that's Sounders. All we got. Let's go watch the Sounders. Yeah. We'll right. get B down here to sing some more Sounders songs. Sounds great. All right, dude. All right. Go Cougs. Go Cougs, Craig. <laughs>